Hey guys, and welcome to episode number 57 of the Building a Better Body podcast, the penultimate show right before my season break, so that's exciting. Um, today I am talking to Alison Vojtovic. Thank you for helping me pronounce that, Alison. <laughs> we are chatting about food obsession, body image, and her story with creating her brand, Flabs to Fitness. Very, very nice person to talk to. She has lots of shares, really honest, and I hope that some of you can take away important points from this chat today. So without further ado, thank you and listen on. So today on the show, I'm chatting to Alison, who runs the site Flabs to Fitness, and I'm not going to say her surname because I'm going to butcher it. I'll get her to say it later on when I introduce her properly. I really wanted to invite Alison on to discuss a subject I don't know an awful lot about. As always, I say I love to be the platform for others, bring on the experts or, or people who have had first-hand experiences with life's hurdles and struggles. Alison will therefore be doing most of the talking today. and She's going to be sharing her experience with eating disorders and self-image troubles. Now, of course, the vast majority of us have had self-image concerns. It's just normal in one way or another, but some some have it much harder than others. And furthermore, it's often difficult to appreciate what another person is actually going through. We can never know what another person is going through. And we maybe lack the patience because we simply don't understand. So if Alison can speak on the subject and share her breakthroughs, I think it's a fantastic thing and a courageous one at that. So without further ado, hello Alison, how are you today? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm fabulous. <laughs> Thank you. And before we go any further, pronounce your surname for me. <laughs> okay. It's Wojtovich. Wojtovich. And yes. It looks nothing like that because it's Polish as hell, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Wojtovich. if you ask anyone in my family, everyone will tell you a different pronunciation. But oh, okay. I have asked several Polish speakers and they say it's Wojtovich. So that's okay. what I'm sticking that's with. That's what you're going with. Love it. I actually went on to your YouTube channel hoping that you would say it, and you did, and then I still thought, no, I can't do it, I have to give it to her to do. <laughs> oh my gosh, dang it, you just told me what I need to fix on my channel now. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 you got on me, and it's all good. Um, so as I said, Alison, today is all about you, <laughs> love it, because, uh, in it. <laughs> <laughs> because I have, you have much more experience on what we're about to discuss. Uh, and I'm really a platform and a listening ear for you, if you wish. Um, thank you so much for coming on and sharing some potentially personal experiences with us today. Um, so would you like to begin by walking us through some of your journey? Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. I'm really excited about this. Uh, yeah, so I, I guess Flabs to Fitness has an interesting story. It actually started... Um, Karen totally called me out on this earlier. I'm still kind of a baby. I'm 23 now. So excuse me if this sounds kind of, um, a little bit strange when I tell the timeline of the whole thing, but, uh, it started as just an Instagram account when I graduated from high school. And, um, that summer after I graduated high school, I knew I was going to be going to the university of Texas, which is in my hometown of Austin, Texas. Uh, so I wasn't going super far away, but, it still wasn't really my choice of schools. Um, looking back, I'm super grateful for the education that I got there. And I actually was able to form my own degrees to a point that I would not have been able to at the other schools I was looking at. So it ended up being obviously the right choice. But, um, at the time I wasn't happy about going there. 
and uh, a lot of my friends were leaving town to go other places. And so I felt pretty alone and I had always been pretty athletic. I grew up playing volleyball and doing gymnastics and dancing on and off. And then once I got later in high school, I quit all of those sports to focus on theater and acting. And so my dad started getting me to work out with him and it was great. He was super encouraging, always just kind of pushed me to be better. But, um, and he never once made me feel bad about the way I looked. No one ever did. It was something in me and I don't know what I was unsatisfied with. Um, but when I started Fabs to Fitness, my whole goal with it was to keep it a secret account. I just wanted it to follow these healthy recipe Instagram accounts and get ideas for how I could eat better because I was totally the girl who could go for a run and then come home and eat a foot long sandwich <laughs> with a huge glass of milk and top it off with a big bowl of ice cream and yeah. all that. And I didn't look like it at the time. I was skinny. I, you know, I was a high schooler, so it didn't, doesn't catch up with you in high school. Yeah. Uh, but I was insecure with the way I looked and I thought I was fat. So I made this secret Instagram account called flabs to fitness. Mm -hmm. And I started being more mindful about what I ate and just kind of started quote unquote clean eating, which is a really vague term. And I think a lot of people still use it, not really knowing what they mean by it because there isn't a definition for it. Um, And so I did this thinking I was just getting healthier. I was like, I work out this much. I may as well eat a little better and see if I can get some abs. Mm -hmm. So um, once I got to college, it became kind of an obsession that I had to eat clean and I couldn't eat over a certain number of calories a day. Like I would freak out if I ate over 1,500 calories a day. And for someone who is still kind of developing, you know, you're stressed because you're in school, you're working out every day, you're walking across campus doing all these things, you need more than that. And I didn't know any of the science behind it at the time. So I just thought, you know, these these calories are are all I need to really get where I want to be. And when I came home for Christmas, my parents both kind of looked at me and said, are you eating? (laughs) And I took it as an offense because I thought I was being healthy. I truly didn't think that what I was doing was unhealthy. I just thought I don't have these abs that are here all the time yet. I got to keep doing this until I get them. Um, And so over Christmas, somewhere along the way, my mom just kind of, you know, had a heart to heart with me and was like, look, your dad and I are worried. We think, you know, you're not eating enough. Um, maybe just allow yourself to have, you know, something unhealthy once a week, you know, just give yourself the mental break to like have a cookie or something. And, um, so I, I, while I was home, I totally like dug into these Christmas cookies (laughs) that were my favorite and it turned on this thing in my brain that I can only describe as like the binge monster. I don't know. It totally flipped the switch to where my body just kind of got these extra calories. It wasn't getting for so long. And I I mean, it's a survival mechanism, right? Your body wants to eat as much as, as as it has in front of it because we used to be starving all the time. So when we would, you know, kill a deer or something, we would try and eat as much of it as possible because we didn't know when we were going to get another deer. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that just kind of went off. And when I got back to school, it didn't stop. 
So I started trying to have a cheat day once a week and it just kind of turned into an all day binge and I would get so bloated and feel so gross. And I started becoming more than once a week and it just started becoming the thing that I did when I was upset or bored or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so any weight that I had lost from not eating for six months (laughs) turned into all of this, you know, I, I got back to my healthy weight, but then I totally got to my heaviest weight ever Mm. shortly after. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was just as uncomfortable in my body. I couldn't believe I had gotten this out of hand but it still just felt like I couldn't control it. Like I just felt that I needed to eat all of this stuff all the time. Mm. And, um, so it was really scary for me after freshman year of college coming back. And by that point, um, I had entered university as a acting major and I had kept that, that degree plan, but I had also added kinesiology as my second major. So Mm. I was on track to have this health degree (laughs) and, I felt super unhealthy. I felt like I didn't know what I was doing with my food. Um, So that summer, I just started trying to be more mindful and listen to my body. And I I did track what I was eating, but I was trying to track it to where it was, okay, let's make sure I'm eating enough now to where I don't feel the need to binge, but also I'm not under eating. um, I got down to my, you know, normal healthy weight from that and Um, towards the end of the summer, I discovered this book called it starts with food by Melissa and Dallas Hartwig. And Uh when I saw it in the bookstore, I saw it on display and I said, Oh, these, these assholes, they're promoting veganism. All of these books are promoting veganism. Um, just, I grew up in Texas in a hunting family. So I was like, there's no way I'm ever going to go vegan. I shoot things to eat them. Like this is not this is not how it's going to go. But for whatever reason, I picked up the book anyway. And I read the outline and I saw that they were a fan of game meat and, you know, ethically raised meat. So I was like, Hey, maybe, maybe this is my answer to not feel like I need to track everything I'm eating for the rest of my life. Yeah. So I read the book super fast and I literally started my first whole 30 the week that I started sophomore year of college. Right. Oh, wow. (laughs) And it was so funny because I had just pledged to a sorority. And so I had all of these social events to go to and you don't drink on the whole 30. You don't Mm -hmm. eat a ton of things that are just go-tos in the sorority house. So, um, I had to learn how to meal prep really quickly. Um, I'm very hard headed and competitive when it comes to just competing with myself, especially. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I started this whole 30. I'm not going to not do it. So screw the difficulties. I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that first crash course month basically taught me how to prioritize my time to where I would meal prep on Sundays. I learned how to replace a bunch of different ingredients with paleo ingredients. Mm -hmm. Um, And then obviously I needed to know how to carry things around campus when I had class on long days and I couldn't go home to get my food. So it just taught me a lot of time management and prioritization skills that I swear I still live by today. Uh, But by the end of that whole 30, my bloating was gone. My workouts were killing it. I was sleeping better. My acne, I've always had terrible acne. It was so much better. Mm -hmm. There were just so many things that I felt better with on Whole30 that I was like, eh, we're just going to stick to paleo for a while because suddenly I didn't feel the need to step on the scale every day. I didn't feel the need to track my calories. I just was listening to my body for the first time in probably my whole life. And it it was a game changer. So by that time, I kind of, you know, 
made flabs to fitness a public thing. I told people on Facebook that I had it and I turned it into a blog so I could share my new recipes that I was having so much fun creating in the paleo sphere. Yeah. And, um, I, uh, turned it into a website probably another year after that. Yeah. Junior year of college, uh, when I started doing product reviews and I have a wellness blog on there now and people were starting to ask me for workout tips and things like that. So, um, it's really just expanded from there and senior year of college. So a little over a year ago today, um, it was a year on April 4th. Mm-hmm. I, um, officially incorporated flaps to fitness. So it's now flaps to fitness Inc. Wow. And, um, yeah, it's online health coaching. I'm both, uh, personal training and, uh, level one and level two precision nutrition, nutrition coaching certified. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's been really interesting coming up with all these different business ideas for it, but I struggled for a while with the name because I don't have this big weight loss journey yeah. that the name sounds like I do. Uh, it sounds like I lost all this weight and whatever, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but Um, the thing that's totally been my obsession has been the mental health part of it, which you hit on a little bit in the the beginning. And, uh, I thought that I was fat and that's all it took. And so when I was incorporating it last year, I played with the idea of changing the name, but I decided to keep it because flabs to fitness was made in a time when I thought I was flabby and I absolutely wasn't. And the mental transformation that that involved was so much crazier. Um, for me personally, it was, it was just as transformative as losing a ton of weight. Yeah. So, wow. So, well, steal. thank you for sharing all that. Yeah. <laughs> I was writing some crazy notes while you were talking to me that I wanted to maybe go back on a few points. Absolutely. Um, so do you, would you say there wasn't actually a trigger for it then? You were just working out with your dad and gradually got into clean eating and then all of a sudden it was just an obsession for almost no reason or was, was there something that happened to you? I've thought about that a lot too. Yeah. And I think for me, um, I don't, I, I think it's something that's inside of yourself for sure. There's definitely, um, environmental triggers that can make it come out. Mm. Uh, for me, I think just the huge level of change. I was, I was very involved in high school. I was the president of my theater organization. Um, I got several lead roles as the actress there. Um, I was in honor society. I volunteered a lot. I was, I had my hand in a lot of different things. And when I got to college, I totally didn't do any of that. So, um, I think I was scared that summer that I was going to appear, I don't know. I was just scared of what people were going to think of me in college because it was going to be so many people who didn't know me. Mm. And I was going to this university that even though it's in my hometown, most of the people in my hometown try not to go there because they don't want to be so close to their parents. (laughs) So, so I knew I wasn't going to be around a lot of people I knew. Yeah. And I just was scared. I, I had never gone to a new place like that before. I grew up in the same school district. So everyone that I went to kindergarten with, for the most part, was the people that I graduated high school with. Yeah. Um, and so it was, it was just a new experience there for me. I was also never confident in myself, I guess, like in relationships. I really didn't date that much. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I just felt like since I maybe had never had really any long-term boyfriends that maybe I was like just as ugly as I thought I was. And I had those kind of thoughts running through my head too. And I think it just all came to a pinnacle that summer, um, sure. thinking about all of these people that I was about to meet who knew nothing about me. Yeah. Um, 
I guess so, yeah, it can be. I think, I think definitely that transition was played a part in it for yeah. sure. I guess it can be quite subtle. Um, you know, you don't really have a major trigger, and then all of a sudden, your parents say to you, "Okay, you've lost a lot of weight." And you don't even realize <laughs> it. You don't see it yourself. You know, it's, right. it's weird how and, you have no perception of how you look sometimes. Yeah, and it's crazy looking back at those pictures because, like, now since then, I love weightlifting. So, like, I've put on weight since then, but it's muscle yeah. weight. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and I look a little bit bigger. I just look more muscular now. So, like, I look at those pictures of me from high school, and I'm, like, a skinny mini. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, my gosh, she's so dumb for thinking she's fat. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's the self-deprecation again. But, sure, sure, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely a mental game. And I think um, when college did start, too, like, I'm naturally an introvert. I, I don't sound like it really. And people laugh when I tell them that, but, um, <laughs> well, there's different definitions, isn't there, of introvert that more people maybe initially think. Yeah. There. Uh, so I guess, I think the scientific quote unquote scientific definition is like an introvert is someone who needs to be alone at the end of the day to recharge exactly, yeah. and that ex- extroverts kind of can recharge when they're around other people. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And so I definitely need to have my me time, Mm -hmm. but I did so much of that the first semester of freshman year because I was scared to go to meetup events. Uh, I was scared to go to, um, different like clubs that I could have joined. So I just didn't really join anything. I, I think I, I had always had really good grades growing up as well. And going to UT, like that's such a difficult institution to get good grades at that. I was scared. I was going to start getting F's. Um, so I, cause everyone at UT always got A's growing up. So it's this whole different grading system that you're going up against now right. when you get to university. And so I, I told myself I wanted to focus on classes and get in the groove of college. So I really just didn't join any organizations that year. And, um, I didn't try out for any plays, which had always been part of my life since like sixth grade. Um, so I just wasn't involved and I didn't have a community and, uh, so that I think played a really big part in it too. I just isolated myself so much, um, that I, I didn't really feel like I had anyone to go to, to, to kind of get my mind off of the stress that I was probably feeling from all the change. Yeah, sure. So I just turned to food and control and things like that instead. Well, like you said, you, you come to the conclusion that you need to listen to your body and that comes up all the time on this show the last three or so guests have said exactly the same thing and if I could get everybody to actually realize that and just do away with the counting do away with the macros I know that some people like that organization side of things but I I want them to realize you don't have to work that way that's not like years whenever hunter gatherers were around they weren't counting their calories on my fitness pal so you know and they were all right and there's there's definitely a time for that I mean there's bodybuilders who like macro counting you know if you're getting ready for a show macro counting saves you because it gets you to eat more than you probably would if you were thinking you were cutting um you know so there's a time and a place for it but if you just want to be healthier and stronger fitter then you don't have to do it really right and you need to be in a place where you don't let it control you like like I said, I'm precision nutrition certified and they have like a, ma- a way to calculate macro breakdown for your body type. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool when I was going through the course. So I like tried it out on myself and it's pretty cool. Like it helped me kind yeah. of, you know, make my muscles a little more prominent and things like that. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I love to experiment as well, but you have to know that you're not the type that will get obsessively right. absorbed and I'm in totally it. Like, yeah. Like I'm totally the type to like, 
I'll be counting macros for two weeks just because I want to experiment with it. And then one day I'm like, mm, never mind. And I'll just yeah. go no counting day. And like, cause I, I want to remind myself, okay, no, we need to really listening to your body is the long-term goal yeah. here. Like, sure. yeah, we might be, you know, quote unquote cutting or quote unquote bulking, uh, for whatever it is that we're trying to do. But at the end of the day, like you want to listen to your hunger cues first and foremost, because sure there are situations in which you just don't have control over your food. Like mm-hmm. you can't be that particular all day, every day, 365 yeah. days a year. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I think if you're going to count macros, it needs to be coming from a place where I'm just doing this to experiment yeah. or like, I know I have this bodybuilding competition and I'm in a healthy enough mental state to be truthful with myself and exactly. not be berating myself. Um, over how I look, it's literally just me trying to see what I can do with shaping my body. Sure. Um, and you might want to just experiment and then share with other people exactly how you felt and then they can go from there. Yeah. And I had someone tell me this a couple weeks ago and I agree, like when we're focused on counting calories or macros, all you think about all day are those calories and macros. Yeah, yeah. Suddenly when you take that tracking away. People don't really think about their food as much. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> you know, like going you out for dinner, the anxiety levels is like, what is this? I'm eating. I can't cope. <laughs> yeah. You feel hungrier when you're tracking for some reason and it's so annoying, but yeah. yeah. yeah so I don't know. It's, it's kind of a, to eat your own thing exactly. but um yeah just keep an eye on how obsessive of- what just you just got to keep an eye on how obsessive you are or are not becoming basically that's the key exactly yeah there's seasons of life where it works and seasons of life where it doesn't and there was definitely a period of like two years in my life where i needed to stay far away from that yeah 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 but you're very self-aware i love it <laughs> <laughs> so that's I, I like to tie that back in with my acting experience just because when you go to acting school the first thing they want to do is to get you to learn about yourself yeah. which is the hardest thing for anyone to do we don't want to look at you know the bullshit that we put up uh we don't want to think about um you know, the stories we tell ourselves to make us feel better, uh, all that. And they totally call you out on it as soon as you go to the first day of acting. Like they, they acting professors can read you so easily. Um, and I think that was really beneficial for me as a coach too. Like I have people hire me to lose weight, but I can tell almost immediately what the real reason is. They want to lose the weight. And, um, yeah, but I think the two degrees go together more than people realize because you need to learn true empathy if you're trying to become literally become another person on stage. Yeah. Uh, because no one ever thinks of themselves as the bad guy, right? Like when I was destroying my body by not eating, I kept saying I was being healthy, but that's not true. Yeah. Um, and you know, the similar situation is the first day of acting class. I'll never forget this. I walked into acting one in college Mm -hmm. and the professor said, all right, we're going to do a little thought experiment today. Um, You've been cast as Adolf Hitler and you don't think you're evil. How would you play it? Wow. Where do you even start with that? (laughs) Yeah. And the whole class, that's exactly the whole class just got quiet. Yeah. And we were like, uh, can you, can you expand on that a little bit, Jeremy? We, we called our professors by their first names. Um, he just said, this is lesson number one in empathy. No one ever does something because they think they're being a bad person in doing it. Yeah, for sure. 
everyone has something that justifies what they're doing and makes them look like the good guy in their head. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That all makes perfect sense. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, if you take that into the coaching context, yeah. like no one, no one tries to go on a diet because they think that it's bad for them. They think that they need it. Mm. And, and, you know, no one ever tries to lose weight because they think, um, they think that it's like, how do I word this? It's like people want to lose weight because they think they think it will make them a better person Yeah. or people want to, um, you know, start this exercise program because they think it will make them happier. Mm-hmm. And so anything we do, we justify it in our head that like, if I do this, it will make me better or it will make me happier or X, Y, Z. We always put a positive spin on it. Sure. So you know, finding out what the real reason is that someone wants to lose that weight is crucial, uh, in, in learning how to coach them. Yeah. Because if the person wants to lose the weight because they're single and they think that losing weight will get them a lifelong partner, you need to know how to talk to that person. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, you mentioned to me about being kinder to yourself and I think that's huge right now. Uh, I see it all the time. People really beat themselves up, especially here in Northern Ireland. We're very (laughs) self-deprecating and as I said, not in a good way. You know, we're very, (laughs) we're very quick to put ourselves down and and many of us can't accept a simple compliment. You know, it's like, oh, your hair looks really nice. Oh, no, it doesn't. What are you talking about? It's a mess. And that would be our knee-jerk reaction here. I don't know if you guys are the same, but uh, how would you help someone work on on loving themselves a little bit more? I was going to say, I used to be that way. So that is a thing in America as well. We tend to to do that. We might not respond that way all the time. We might just kind of be like, okay, and then (laughs) walk away. But we're still thinking in our head, like, this person's dumb. My hair looks terrible today. Um, But, yeah, I used to do that all the time, actually. People would say, oh, you have pretty eyes. I have blue eyes. And so that's, like, the first thing people notice about me usually. Mm -hmm. And, you know, someone would say, oh, you have pretty eyes. And be like, no, I don't. And I had someone tell me, give me that compliment one time. And I responded in that way. Mm. And the person said to me, Allison, you'll never learn to be happy if you can't accept a compliment. Perfect. Mm-hmm. And I think that's huge. And since then, I, you know, I asked them to tell me like, well, how am I supposed to respond? Like, it seems almost, it seems almost like you're being humble. Like, I think people think they're being humble when they don't yeah. accept a compliment. Well, exactly. you know, cause, cause it seems like if you say, Oh, you have pretty eyes. Oh, thank you. Oh, wow. You asshole. Like you think you're pretty, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, yeah. So it's, uh, it's a, it's a sticky subject, but like, yeah. I never give someone a compliment and want them to immediately reject it. I want to give someone a compliment and have them say thank you and I want it to make their day that's why I'm giving them the compliment well that's so exactly I've read once that um you know if somebody has taken the time to actually give you a compliment it's actually disrespectful or even rude to reject it you know they didn't have to say that to you it could be difficult for them to say that as well yeah and even if you disagree with the person you think like my hair looks terrible today why did you just tell me that like just saying thank you and moving on with it yeah, it, even if you don't believe it, it beca- it start. It's that thing where, like, if you smile, even if you're not happy, suddenly you feel happier. If you just graciously accept the compliment, yes, 
it'll make you feel better. The person will feel like they've been received and acknowledged in the proper way. And it's, it's better for everyone. Gracious is the key word there. It's not like you have to go, oh, I know I'm fabulous looking today. Look at my hair. It's wonderful. You know, you don't have to go over this. So, right. I mean, so y'all are so sarcastic though. That would actually probably be really funny. I know exactly. But... <laughs> well spotted. You're very sharp. <laughs> oh man. No, my, my whole family, my first language was sarcasm. So yeah, um, you understand. Yeah. But I mean, and that's the thing too, right? Like you can joke about it. You could jokingly, like I've, I've been dabbling in stand up comedy lately. And that oh. the whole thing about that is to be self deprecating. Right. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you need to know, like, these are jokes and it's, it's still, you still need to check in with yourself and realize like, oh crap, this body just carried me through the day again. Um, you know, our bodies do so much for us every day that our brain just constantly beats them up about and they don't deserve that at all. For sure. For sure. Can can I throw a a wild card question from a listener to you? yeah <laughs> it's a it's a two-parter um she said it's from allison as well um oh hi allison okay. as well yeah <laughs> um it, it would be good to hear about how you uh feel you can control diet without letting it become an obsession um i don't know if that is what kind of answered that have you um yeah I, I think again the in america at least I've noticed this trend a lot lately, especially with the rise of like keto diet and veganism and just different things like that. Like so many people, just for the record, I tend to steer towards primal paleo. So I I, I stick with a paleo template, but um, I eat what makes me feel good. So lentils don't bother me. I eat those. Dairy doesn't bother me. I eat that sometimes. So um, paleo template most of the time, but if it doesn't bother me, then I'll probably eat it if I'm, you know, wanting to indulge or something. Um, but I think it comes down to, again, listening to your body. And my point about Americans lately is like, there's so many of these diets that are coming out, especially keto, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) where people are just constantly like, I don't know if I'm getting enough fat. What do I need? How do I know if it's working for me? I'm in ketosis and I feel like shit. And it's like, (laughs) If you're in ketosis for three months and you still feel like shit, stop doing it. Yeah. The whole sure. point is to feel good. Mm-hmm. And so I think the the line there is like connecting with your body again. And it sounds so woo-woo or whatever, but, yeah. you know, you need to be able to eat something and pay attention to the repercussions. So it took me forever to figure out that egg whites give me acne. Because I eat an egg and then three days later I have a breakout. So I wasn't even tying it back to acne until one of my friends helped me with my nutrition and had me cut eggs out for a few weeks. And when we reintroduced them, I broke out. So sometimes it is very approach to figure out what those digestive upsets are. But, Mm -hmm. you know, there's so many people who eat something and they're like, oh, I'm so bloated. And they just aren't even considering that maybe that giant piece of bread is what's bloating you. Yeah. (laughs) so I, I think it's it's more of approaching it from a body love and listening to your body standpoint hmm. and treating food as the fuel it is. Sure. Um, so and being being objective because yeah, someone who eats bread and gets bloated probably doesn't want to cut that bread out of their diet because bread is delicious. Yeah, bread um, is nice. <laughs> yeah. So you know, but at the end of the day, it comes down to well, do you want? 
to continue being bloated after you eat and feeling like crap and like you need to take a nap every day? Or do yeah. you want to be able to eat lunch and continue working For and sure. not be bloated? I've you said know? it before. People just get used to that feeling and think it's normal. Um, they, they forget do. there's a whole other level to feeling good. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the thing too. That same friend that helped me figure out the egg white issue. Yeah. She had a guy, a coaching client tell her one time that he thought she gave him gluten intolerance. Wow. <laughs> Catching. <laughs> because she had him cut gluten out for, you know, three weeks or whatever. And when she had him reincorporate it, he felt like shit. Oh yes. And yes. he was like, you gave me gluten intolerance. I never used to feel like this after I ate bread. And she said, no, you just weren't listening to your body. Yeah. Oh, that sounds so familiar. I've heard that before. Brilliant. I yeah. You said that. <laughs> so yeah, my long winded answer to that is yeah. rooted in learning about your own body and how you function and how you can properly fuel yourself. Yeah. And that way it's coming from a place of, all right, I'm living in this thing. How can I make it work the best? Mm. Um, and that way you're, you're using food as fuel and obviously it can taste delicious still. You can make yeah. really good, healthy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but treating it as, as what it is rather than, you know, obsessing over, oh, I just want to eat this thing because it's so yummy. Sure. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Um, and then she actually said, this is a totally different tangent. Um, she mentioned, okay. um, she was interested in your quotes from First Corinthians and uh, your mention of faith on your uh, About Me bit on your website. Um, and when she said it would be good to hear how faith and spirituality has helped or hindered your journey on your slab to fitness uh, journey. Mm-hmm. Um, has it impacted yeah. your faith at all? You know, has it, have you questioned it? Yeah. Thank you for that. I actually don't get to talk about this very much. Yeah. Um, I grew up very strong Christian, uh, in the Lutheran church, but yeah. Lutherans are kind of looked at as the strict Protestants. Like everyone kind of thinks we're still Catholic almost. Right, okay, yeah. <laughs> um, we're not that strict at all. Lutheran? Uh, did you say Lutheran? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, Lutheran. I've never heard of it. <laughs> uh, so Lutheran, the Lutheran church is like the first Protestant church that was created oh, out okay. of the Catholic church. So, okay. um, all of the other Protestant churches that have broken off since then were based on Lutheran, but they still thought Lutheran was too strict. So they made it even more liberal, but, um, right. yeah, so I was raised in that church, but I was always raised in like a loving environment of, you know, forgiveness and, uh, you know, obviously obey God, but, um, you know, if you screw up, like there is that aspect of forgiveness. It's not like where you're meant to feel guilty about everything. So I don't have that Catholic guilt <laughs> that so many people get to experience. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do not. I'm not Catholic. So. <laughs> yeah. Here it's not pleasant. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so faith has helped me, I think, because um, it gave me a rock to lean on when I didn't really feel like I had a place. Um, and quite honestly, like my faith has definitely changed since high school. Um, I've questioned it for sure. Mm -hmm. Getting all into the science stuff and being around all of these actors who are atheist or agnostic or things like that and Mm -hmm. learning about all these other religions and things like that. Um, of course I've, I've questioned it and wondered, you know, what is real things like that. And I'm super interested in science in general. So like hearing about drug trips that seem like trips to heaven and things like that, um, I've heard about it and, and those are interesting and everything. But, um, yeah, the pastor that I grew up with always had this thing that I really liked him saying. And he said, yeah, there's a ton of different religions and maybe we are all worshiping the same God just in different ways. Um, 
But he's like, for me, I'm going to go with the guy that came back from the dead. (laughs) So um, that's kind of why I still hold on to my Christian ideals. Um, But I never try to push it on anyone. I think this is why I don't talk about it very often. Like there are so many Christians that I grew up with and that I know who either completely shun the Christian church now um, or they're so evangelical about it that no one even wants to listen to them. And I think the best way as a Christian that I can live is to show people what wellness looks like, what kindness looks like, what mindfulness looks like in my life and just do my work, try and help as many people as I can and just be kind and non-judgmental. I don't care what your religion is. I don't care like what, um, you know, what your, I mean, obviously I hope you had a good growing up life, but I don't care what your environment was when you were growing up. I don't care where you're from, who you love. I'm one of those Christians who doesn't think that gay marriage is a sin. Um, I, you know, I, I would be considered a liberal Christian. I really do not care what you believe. I just want to learn about you and get to know you. And if through that you ask me about my beliefs, I'm happy to share them. Mm -hmm. But I think our job as Christians is to just help the world be a better place. And that work shows for itself. Um, We can't come at it from a point of, hi, have you heard about Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior? Like that's <laughs> that's the least effective way to make any sort of positive change in the world. We need to just do good things. Yeah. And if someone asks about the God that we believe in, then we can talk about it. But oh, Perfect. Uh, well, thanks for sharing that. Alison will be yeah. happy. <laughs> um, I don't want to keep you too long today, Alison. So um, if you could give our listeners one top tip today, one simple Allison nugget that they can incorporate into their lives in order to build that better body, what would you let them go away with today? I've been saying this a lot recently and I use it on my Instagram. Uh, work, Work out and eat and live so that you are setting yourself up to achieve your greatness. Awesome. And that is a direct stolen quote from Shakespeare. I thought it was yours. You could have got away with that. No problem. Yeah. Yeah. Some are born great. Some achieve greatness and some have greatness thrust upon them. That's from 12th night. Yeah. I know that one. Yeah. 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 That's one of his most popular ones. And, um, I like the achieve your greatness line in the middle because that's the hardest one to do, but it's the most rewarding. So I, I constantly remind my coaching clients, like, you obviously have other things that you care about besides food and fitness. Um, but treat food and fitness like the things that are going to help you be great at whatever it is you're trying to be great at. Sure. So do whatever you are doing in your life for your health to help you achieve your greatness mm-hmm. and it'll fall into place and you will, you will feel and look so much more better than you can ever imagine. Oh, fabulous. Very empowering. (laughs) I love it. Um, And uh, Alison, if anybody wants to um, connect with you over the web, what's the best place to get you? Uh, Yeah, my Instagram is at flabs2fitness. That's F-L-A-B-S-T-O fitness. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also at www.flabs2fitness.com and you can email me at flabs2fitness at gmail.com. Um, I do online health, uh, coaching, so I'll send people workouts, I'll send people nutrition, yeah. uh, help, you know, Skype calls, phone calls, whatever. Awesome. Um, yeah, those yeah. are, those are the places I'm most active. I will put, <laughs> I will put all those in the show notes, no problem at all. 
Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Alison. I really, really enjoyed talking to you today. That absolutely flew in. And it's probably your lunchtime now, I would say, yeah? <laughs> I'm about to go eat a big-ass salad. big-ass salad. <laughs> Remember, if you have any questions, you can send them along to info at caramclintock.co.uk. And if you want to review the show on iTunes, I would love it as well. 